0: Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that's determinedly looking beyond the coronavirus crisis and trying to work out what life will be like after it. And today we're asking whether all this is going to fundamentally change the way we work.
1: Management has gone, actually we see that our people can work productively from home. So therefore there's a bit more trust there. And I think that in itself will be a massive change in how companies embrace a more open, flexible working policy.
0: And if it is, what does that mean for the future of office space?
2: There's going to be physical changes. I think scanners are going to come into play. I think materials are going to be highly important in terms of choosing antimicrobial products. We've had three clients ask us to put in uh, sensors for automatic release uh, doors on stairs and fire escapes so they don't have to touch things.
0: I'm Guy Ruddle, and I think you'd struggle to find a more qualified group of people to discuss this than those I've got with me, none of whom are new to Real Estate Insights. So welcome back to John Gardner, who is National Head of Office Agency at Savills, as well as working with tenants on their space requirements. He and his team also advise developers, investors and landowners. John, hello. How are you?
1: Good morning. Surviving. Thanks, Guy.
0: Good stuff. Katrina Kostic-Samen is Head of Workplace Strategy and Design at KKS Savils. She founded KKS, a workplace consultancy and design studio herself, uh, and it became part of the Savills family last year. Katrina, nice to talk to you again.
2: Good morning. Lovely to be here. Thank you.
0: Cal Lee is also no stranger to Real Estate Insights. He's the founder of Work There, a Savils venture that is a hybrid platform that helps businesses find flexible workspace. Cal, nice to speak to you again as well.
3: Hi, Guy. Uh, yep, yeah. good to speak. Very good. Thank you.
0: And Eri mitsos is a Savills European research director. She provides insights both internally and for clients on their European projects. So we'll get the European perspective from her. Eri, lovely to hear from you. How is everything in Athens, I think you are?
4: Very good. Very good, Guy. Thank you.
0: Great stuff. So what a topic. I mean, everything has changed for now. And I guess the question we're really asking is, Will it go back to nearer where it was, or has it all changed for good? Let's ask Katrina first of all. Do you think what's happening now, Katrina, is 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 a permanent type of change?
2: Fundamentally, we have stretched the elastic band. We have tasted the forbidden fruit, and we are not going backwards. However, our memories are very short and I think for the most part we will revert back to norm, to typecast, but we will keep elements of choice that we like. And so the world of choice and flexibility is a very interesting subject.
0: Yeah. Do you think that we've, you know, are, are we just gone further than we were already going or is, is, is what we're doing now something sort of so completely new?
2: Uh, we were already on this trajectory. No, we were heading down the route for wellness flexibility experience purpose but now it's happened so fast rapidly 48 72 hours the world is working at home good bad we're lo- we're taking a look at what those positives negatives are on the human psyche and human well-being but we're not going to go backwards we are going to move forward
0: and cal from your perspective you know you work in this sort of uber flexible workspace type thing what, what what do you see as, as 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 what happens after where we are now?
3: I agree with Katrina. I, I, we shouldn't settle for going back to normal. We shouldn't want to go back in, in many senses. We should use this as an opportunity set, to set what we think is a new normal uh, and what we want from the workplace of the future to deliver what I would call our best work. How do we get the office that, that does our best work? And that means, obviously, flexibility, but it means also look into the future and what the sustainability and how we incorporate better wellness everything that we were doing but now how do we use this time to go and think how do we do it across every aspect of our life um going forward yeah uh,
0: interesting john that you know it's perhaps easier for katrina and cal in their sort of you know at, at the forefront of change type areas than for you and your clients and uh, and the like who've you know who are dealing with big office spaces do, do, do is this a problem, do you think, for you or an opportunity for you and your clients?
1: Well, I think undoubtedly we have to, um, landlords, owners, you know, they need to address the the why issue, which is, you know, a lot of people working from home successfully at the moment are going, well, you know, what? what OK, if we can do this from home, why do we need an office? And therefore, I think it's beholden on, as I say, us as advisors and the investors and, and landlords to be able to say, articulate the why. Why do you need an office and what is its Um, core function going forward because um, undoubtedly that that will change in terms of its focus in terms of saying why are we paying you know this rent and all the rest of all these other costs for something that ultimately you know how much of it do we need and i think that's going to be one thing that you're going to see um you know immediately post this is what is its function what is its purpose and why do you why do you need it
0: eric just from the european perspective uh, are you hearing the sort of same sort of things that katrina cal and john are talking about across europe
4: indeed i mean the whole of europe is in in, in lockdown at the moment so uh this 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 experiment uh happens uh, across countries and uh, there have been cultural differences so some countries uh um, were allowing more of this to happen already before, uh, but others uh, wouldn't test it. Um, and, and now they, they, the people, even in countries where it was not particularly acceptable to work from home, uh, now it is happening, and I think they are discovering that it is, it is feasible, it is doable, and, and it works, and in some cases may even increase the, the productivity of the people.
1: Some companies and certain sectors, take like the, tech, the tech sector. You know, they've been working remotely, and flexibly for 20 years, and that um, trust, if you like, uh, that was given from management to staff has been there forever. And as long as you get results and you, therefore, you're productive, that's that's obviously the key metric. And I think that in you know, lots of other traditional industries, more traditional industries where you know working remotely has been perhaps we've been a bit more slow to adapt. I think what's changed from this is that managers and you know the management have gone actually, we see that our people can, and admittedly, this does vary by sector and industry, you know, they can work productively from home. So therefore, there's a bit more trust there. And I think that in itself will be a massive change in how companies um, embrace a more open, flexible working policy.
3: It's really interesting talking to our colleagues in China, and and how they've seen um, it's all about balance, and they've seen productivity begin to fall. And over the course of February whilst they were in lockdown. And as they got to five weeks of lockdown, their productivity was down. And then when they began returning to the office, there was a spike in in, obviously in their PMI. Um, but most interestingly, after a fear of being in the office for five weeks, there was suddenly a fear of being at home and, and not being seen in the office as their economy enters a period where people are being made redundant and jobs are at risk. There was suddenly a surge of people wanting to go back to make sure they were seen. Almost as a counter to everything we, we've discussed, but I think the key word will be balance uh, and a balance between um, working remotely and, and, and working from home, and, and that flexibility to ensure productivity, to keep wellness, a uh, balance, and everything else that, that goes with it.
4: If I may add to this, Guy, I mean, we need to take into consideration that these are not normal circumstances. It is an experiment for all of us working from home. But under normal circumstances, our working from home conditions will not be like that. First of all, we will have the choice to balance, as Carl said. So we will have the choice to be as many days uh, of the week we would like in the office uh, and as many days we would like in or need to uh, at home. And when we are at home, it's not going to be the whole family at home. You know, kids are going to be to school. Everybody's going to be at work. The conditions when working from home under normal circumstances will be better than now.
0: If we take all of this and the need for flexibility and different people, I guess, wanting different things. Some people will want to work from home more, others may not and, and the like. What then? I think John touched on it earlier. But what then do we think the office is going to be for
1: the key things to come out of it is, is that whole idea about collaboration. You know, we all work in teams in varying forms. So, you know, it's a, sense, it's a hub for collaboration. And therefore, it's a hub. It's also a place of creativity. And we all, we generate our best ideas when we're bouncing those ideas off each other um, in sort of, you know, small groups, big groups, um, the, the sort of those incidental um, gatherings you know the, the you know the, the the water cooler moments as it's called you know there those little nuggets of time together are the bits where actually really really clever really value add stuff happens so um the space needs to be able to facilitate that in a greater way and i think that's that's something that we'll see we'll see more of. katrina
0: does that mean then if if, if john's right which i'm sure he is never wrong john uh, does that mean that you know what offices look like will change? Will we have you know fewer desks and more collaboration spaces and the and the like, for instance?
2: Well, I think it's interesting the term office and the term workplace. Workplace uh, is more interesting because it's a place that you do work, which means that uh, we've all been defining remote working by home is the alternative choice to something called an office but that's because we've been forced into by the 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 virus and the experiment as Ari mentioned but actually when we're sort of free to choose where we work and the place of work doesn't necessarily mean one thing or another but i do feel that there is a need for people to come together as johnny mentioned be social Uh, recognize the brand and the responsibility and the tradition of who and what you work for. Um, It was interesting, a client of mine in the banking sector said to me, he said, this crisis is not financial, it's an emotional and physical one. And we have to deal with both the emotive and the physical aspects And designs of buildings are going to change. There's going to be physical changes. I think scanners are going to come into play in uh, London, certainly into building receptions, like you scan bags and people in airports. They're going to be scanning for temperatures. It's already happening in, in China, and I think we're going to see that. I think doctors and medical facilities on site are going to reoccur as they used to in the big banks of the 80s. I think materials are going to be highly important in terms of choosing antimicrobial uh, products, things that have embedded copper and silver and, and nourishing uh, prospects and antimicrobial uh, properties will be the winners. We're already seeing furniture companies developing screens, plexiglass screens to divide people off. Uh, we've had three clients ask us to put in uh, sensors for automatic release doors on stairs and fire escapes so they don't have to touch things, uh, PIR in toilets, anything that's hands free.
0: Al, in your part of the world you know you're all about flexible office space that we've talked a bit about flex well, a lot about flexible people or flexible working do you think that's going to change the way people want space you know I, I could we get to a situation where people don't want don't want to take you know 30 desks for for six months but maybe want to take i might have four desks tomorrow and 10 desks on thursday and things like that
3: absolutely i, I would just touch on the the point before as well that yeah, the, the the thought leaders in this flexible office sector are very much about the office is somewhere where you can go and do your best work as an individual, but also a, as a team and, and such. You know, in the past three, four years, we've seen them advance in great ways to create these great social spaces, great wellness spaces, some of them on-site health care um, market leaders such as Fora or, or Convene. So we've almost been ahead of the game in that sense. And obviously at the moment where there is no social interaction, becomes very difficult, but going forward, I suspect those spaces that create uh, not just the flexibility in contract and use in terms of what you what you pay for and what you use, but all those other services that are involved, uh, become incredibly attractive. And what a great opportunity for this sector to go and take the lead, given the control they have over their spaces um, and what they include and how they manage them all the things Katrina was saying about managing or measuring cleanliness, measuring movement in the building scanners. Um, I think the flex industry can begin to look at an almost advance beyond what other, other people can go and do. And
0: John and Erie, uh, this all does point to, a, 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 as I think uh, Katrina and Cal have hinted at an almost entirely different relationship between landlords and, and tenants, doesn't it?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, w- look, that's, in truth, that's something that's been been starting to evolve in the, in the last few years. Well, it's over the course of the last decade, and in particular in the last sort of several years, this idea that um, workspace as a service or you know, landlords having to do more than just sit there and collect the rent check—you know—they are are having to operate more like a uh, more like a hotel type of business and listening to what their tenants or indeed customers as they call them—you um, know—asking what they want from their building. And so, yeah, that, that undoubtedly this is about much more about partnership now and you know, it won't be about cost per se it'll be about the flexibility and what you know this is what we need for our business how can you accommodate that and um yes there'll to be a trade-off to, to meet the needs of both parties but yeah i think you're absolutely right there needs to be a, a very close very close working relationship even closer than it has been in, in, in the recent times
4: i think it will be harder more harder work for Uh, companies as well for corporates to offer the workspace that their employees want that their employees uh, are are drawn into it's the purpose of the office that we were discussing uh, earlier the office is not uh, just a place where uh, people will feel obliged to come you know nine to nine to five to to work if they have the flexibility to work also from home the office has to mean something more for them it will be a place where they collaborate it will be a place which which uh, uh, also creates an identity and a culture for the company they work for and they can relate to it and can be proud to it and can create more a longer term loyalty too.
0: I wonder whether there's going to be a change in uh, where we locate offices and whether we have big offices or small offices or you know do might we end up in a situation where companies say well if if if, if people are coming to the office less, maybe we need more satellite offices and, and the like. Maybe we could have more space in cheaper areas instead of a big office in a, you know, in a, in a sort of central business district.
1: Well, can I just sort of talk to that point, Guy? I mean, so so I heard on a, on a conference call uh, with some colleagues across Europe earlier this week um, where one of my colleagues talked about the fact they were advising a major U.S. tech company, <laughs> That had a number of offices that were looking had been looking at a major consolidation of those offices and bringing them under one roof. Their response now is we don't ever want to consolidate offices in the same way. We want to have that point about resilience. We want to be able to keep a number of offices, and if we have maybe not as severe as this situation, but one maybe that that, that that's still pretty hard hitting, that we can still operate out of different offices. So there's there's one change which I think is fascinating uh, potential as, as to how people's approach to you know how they um, you know manage their own real estate. But the second is about actually, you know, what what the idea of going into big cities, traveling on busy trains, going to very busy areas and then um, being in very highly dense areas where you're close to one another, as opposed to getting in a car, driving to a landscape business park with a nice, you know, manicured green surroundings, nice views, nice aspects, maybe not as intense, not as busy, you know. It wasn't that long ago that people were saying, is there a future for the business park? I think what this situation is probably thrown into, into debate is actually maybe business parks actually could make a resurgence on the back of this for, for lots of those really good reasons. So that's something that I think looking ahead, I'd be really fascinated to see what the, uh, how occupiers respond to that.
2: I, I would just add, Johnny, that while I think decentralization is absolutely a key, you can see it all over the world that it's happening, um, I would caution on the traditional business park that just becomes a concrete uh, expanse of car parking and nothing else other than, you know, isolated buildings. So, so long as it can yep. be built on the back of community or engagement with the high street or an education facility or, or something else that brings people there rather than the historic business park.
3: And I think I think Katrina's point there to the high street is a is a really interesting opportunity, and it will be fascinating to watch how that evolves. Because obviously our high streets have suffered somewhat in the last decade um, as retailers as has, has suffered as a sector, and, and whether we bring people and working to the high street, co-working on the high street, repurposing retail to bring footfall back to that high street and back to local working, um, I think will be a really fascinating. And part to watch as as we move forward.
0: It's interesting that point, isn't it? About about climate change and everything, and, and how you know we, we uh, you know the pollution's gone down forty percent and all that sort of stuff. It, it, is this a really good thing, if you in in a sense in, in that regard, in terms of offices and travel and to and from the office and things like that?
3: This is a period of of, of great reflection and. It goes back to what I said at the start about not necessarily going back to old routines, but making sure we set a new normal and we strive in our built environment, in our workspace environment for something that that delivers on the climate change agenda and delivers from a sustainability agenda. Because that in the long term is the most important thing for both individuals and businesses.
0: Are we absolutely sure that it'll stay? I mean, really stay? Once we're over it and it's not fresh and new, we might just sort of slip back into our old ways, mightn't we?
4: So uh, probably this whole situation might might create a desirable decompression uh, on on the big cities with a bit more with a bit more balanced again uh, uh, distribution of of demand of what people want to do and like to do. So yes, you know, uh, younger people who don't have the facilities at home for a home office or who really who really like to be in uh, in busy, dense uh, uh, cities might go back to their uh, old ways uh, faster, and then families uh, might choose to to be located in uh, uh, out of town locations where they can afford a bigger house, outdoor space, have a nice home office, commute less times a week uh, in in town and, that's, and and that might become a more uh, healthier solution uh, uh, altogether. but I would also like to stress out the importance. I don't think we will go back to suburbanization as it were. I think it's more about hubs, mixed use hubs, very well connected to, to, to each other, potentially polycentric more types of uh, uh, cities.
0: Uh, Normally at this stage of proceedings, we would uh, 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 ask you for a Savile standout statistic, but it doesn't seem quite the right sort of thing to do in this subject right now. So I'm going to ask a different question for you. I'm going to ask each of you to come up with uh, what you think will be the single biggest change uh, to the way we work or the office spaces that we use or the relationships between uh, owners and occupiers and the like that comes out of this whole thing. Let's start uh, with you, John.
1: I think we'll just see... I think, yes, we will return to work, but I do think that we will see... We will hold more meetings via... Um, like we're using now, video conferencing. So less travel, more efficient, you know, cleaner to the environment. I think that approach, people go, do you know what? We don't we, ha- we don't have these constant face-to-face meetings. Yes, you know, clearly we we need to have them, but not for everything. So I think the using technology... For more more uh, video conferencing uh would be something that that we'll, we'll see more of
0: and Eri, what do you think's going to be the biggest change
4: i'm uh, i'm quite optimistic i th- i think we will have uh uh, uh happier happier uh, people altogether uh, who will not feel, you know, that, uh, obliged to go in 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 the office uh, on a nine-to-five basis? I think, as we have a, a second office at home, I think people will start seeing uh, the office uh, as a second home. The office, the role of the office, will become uh, uh, much more creative for people.
0: And Cal, what's your uh, in your from your your very flexible wor- world? Uh, What do you think we're going to see as the biggest change?
3: We've mentioned it a few times on this call, and my belief is that flexibility will be the defining word of of this decade, both in a sense of flexible working and, you know, where we work and how we work, but also in terms of flexible use of real estate, how we occupy real estate, how we design our our real estate and, and spaces. And I think what we've seen in the past decade is a a widespread acknowledgement and 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 in some cases acceptance, but I think this decade will see full-scale adoption uh, and, and implementation of flexibility across business and across our lives.
0: And Katrina, I, I'm rather hoping you're going to say something like the rise of the sofa desk instead of sofa bed <laughs> or something or something like that. But but perhaps I'm asking too much.
2: Um at the moment i think yes i would wouldn't go there right now but i do think people are fixated about occupancy densities and densifying to 1 to 8 1 to 10 as a as a number we've overlaid our 2 meter grid and to do the same function in an office of, say, 100 people, you're going to need to be at 1 to 16 to 1 to 20. So just as a throwaway comment there, I think the immediate short-term reaction is, what am I going to do? I don't have the cash, can't move, need to reconfigure. So there's going to be impact there. But the densities uh, will clearly have an impact for the short term. But what I'm very interested in as far as industry sector types, it not necessarily relates to an office, is that the whole world of residential design, I think, will change, and I think this one large great room or open plan room that we've all been on for the last sort of decade is now going to need to be rethought and how do we get nooks and crannies to put a desk in how do we be able to separate and if you have a choice now of choosing uh, apartment or flat a b or c or house a b or c where will you choose and how will it be designed
0: Uh, well uh, all of you that's been absolutely fascinating I mean really truly fascinating stuff A, a, a glimpse I think into the future. So thank you all very much for your thinking and your wisdom around this. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. If we haven't entirely quenched your near insatiable appetite for knowledge and wisdom, you'll find plenty of research and opinion about this and other topics on the research section of the Savills website, savills.co.uk/research. There's also a special area about COVID-19 or the coronavirus crisis on the Savills website, which you can see. If you aren't already a subscriber to Real Estate Insights, then please feel free to become one. Using your usual podcast provider, you can fill endless hours uh, looking, going back over previous episodes and you'll get future episodes automatically sent to you. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.